The Christmas season brings about great joy, eggnog, gifts, Christmas carols, and the occasional holiday romp. Ho, ho, ho! So, put on your ugliest Christmas sweater, pour yourself some eggnog, and get ready for the 12 interviews of Christmas. folks welcome to the 12 interviews of christmas today's guest someone you recognize from the show he's an outstanding patriot who just battles for the heart of america not on like a yearly basis on a daily basis he's out there hustling he's the president of the constitutional rights pack he's a huge second amendment advocate he's larry ward and he's here right now larry good to see you Hey, thanks for having me. So honored to be on your, your 12 days of Christmas. This is awesome. It's fun. Well, we, you know, I love you. You're one of our favorite guests. You know, the audience loves you. You communicate well. It's like, we got to have Larry here for Christmas. I love your red, <laughs> your red shirt, by the way. It's Trying to be festive. festive. Obviously not as, not as festive as you drew. Well, I mean, you know, it's, this is, you know, typical, the typical scene <laughs> that all children picture at, at, at Christmas time. So I want to get into some serious stuff. No doubt. Um, because what's Christmas without some depressing news in, in our country? But I also, because it's a Christmas episode, we got to start here. I've been starting this question, or each interview with this question for people. What's your favorite Christmas movie? It's it's probably Elf. Okay. It's probably Elf. I mean, I laugh, and I mean, my, my kids watch it. It's it's something I can tolerate and laugh at. No, it's, it's, it's a great one. We A lot of people, how many do you think have said that so far, Disco? Uh, definitely several. Yes, I, I uh, say, several. Yes. Yeah, I would say it's probably fifty percent of the country's favorite Christmas movie. The other fifty percent is probably Die Hard. Yep, as it should be. Well, and you work in some Christmas vacation there, maybe like, but yeah. like, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Elf is 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 top three, I think, for damn near everyone. If not, they're communists, which unfortunately there's a lot of in America yeah, these true. days. Um, but it wouldn't be Christmas if we didn't talk about the Second Amendment violence at in communities at schools all of that stuff and i joke um even though that's not a joking matter because if we're not careful here with the way that the left is going and the way that the left wants to go christmas would look and feel pretty different in this country if if we're not careful right and we've we've had you on to talk a lot about this and about the left chipping away particularly at the second amendment and 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 they do so you know weeks ago there was there was the shooting out west there's you know there's just there's always tragic events sadly in this country there's not as many as they portray there to be but as soon as it happens they politicize it they start trying to chip away at the second amendment which is their ultimate goal they cannot have ultimate power if they don't disarm the people so my question after all of that babbling right there is how close are they getting to making any kind of meaningful change on the second amendment you know, I think I think they're really far from it. I, I don't think they have an opportunity, even in this lame duck session, to get the votes uh, in order to, you know, in the Senate, in order to to to, to slam through any kind of gun control. Um, I'm hoping that the that the uh, you know the the Republican House would prevent any kind of gun control from from being passed. Um, so I, I do think that you know they're they're at least two years away from. You know, having any opportunity, and that is if we lose the House, the Senate, and the uh, and and the presidency in 2024. Which, as the way it's going right now, quite frankly, 
you know, it, it's 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 hard to be positive about you know what we just saw in Georgia and you know and what happened in the in the twenty. You know, I came on your show. I said we're we're going to pick up fifty seats, and I, I still think I was right. I I think we won. Um, you know, the day I, I think we have a, a situation where you know we're we're playing by the rules. Uh, you know, of the, of the, of the war, we're playing legal warfare and they're, they're throwing mustard gas and, and biological weapons and chemical weapons and nukes at us. And, and, you know, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to color in the lines and they're not, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty telling. And I'm just going to throw this out there as a coincidence that I, that I, that I, uh, I happened to observe yesterday it, in, in Georgia, we won two statewide races and it was both the Secretary of State and the Governor who helped put uh, Dominion there. Um, I, I'm just going to say that's a coincidence. You can take it for what it's worth. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's such a disaster. I mean, I you, you you bring up a good point there, and and I agree. I mean, there shouldn't be much more that gets done on the Democrat agenda for the next two years. There's going to be lots of discussion about it, but hopefully the House does what they're supposed to do and blocks things from from getting through but we really are at that point where they've gotten so bold and so blatant to to the point where if they do get all three you know things back under control the house the senate and the white house which is a possible which is a, a as you said a distinct possibility these days with how they play the game then we're in for a world of hurt but you bring up there and this is something i talk about a lot and this was this is actually wasn't something i was even planning on talking about with you today but but I think it's important. We do. We have long been. We've have. We have people. First of all, on our side who who play both sides, who are not helping our our cause in D.C. That's an established you know concept and thought. We all know that and understand that now, or a lot of us do. But the rest of us, we've for so long been so kind and nice, and you know we're painted as the bad guys, but we're of course the good guys. And we play within the rules. And it's like when I was overseas, you know, that we, you, terrorists don't shockingly play by the rules that we do, uh, which makes it really tough. And that's kind of the same picture of what's happening here. D don't you think it's time that we stop playing nice? I, I think it is. Absolutely. Any here's the thing, though, we have we have a severe disadvantage and the disadvantage we have is that the Democrats have the federal prosecutorial power. It's exclusive to Democrats. Let's be really, really clear about this. And it shouldn't be. And it's actually one of the initiatives that we're, we're going to be focusing on very heavily in 23. And I'll, I'd like to uh, talk to you about it. But the, the, um, right now, the, the, the uh, Democrats have the FBI, they have the DOJ, and they prosecute cases in Washington, D.C. or uh, the Southern District of New York, you know, or, uh, or in L.A. And what happens is, when, when Republicans uh, are prosecuted, they go to jail or they're harassed, you know, endlessly. When, when Democrats are prosecuted and they're prosecuted for federal, uh, federal crimes, they get in front of those Washington, D.C. jurors and the Washington, D.C. judge and, and they get off. You know, we saw it with, with Russiagate, you know, with Sussman and, 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 and with all of these uh, characters, uh, Dechenko. They, they all get off. So we, we have we have a serious disadvantage. So if we're going to um, try and play the ballot harvesting game, particularly in states where it's illegal because we know the other side is doing it, we're going to go to jail. They're not. Right. So there, there is a severe disadvantage. And what what my PAC is working on right now is is some legislation that has to be passed. 
There's no more important piece of legislation uh, when we get the presidency to get put into law than, than, than this, in my opinion. And that is a law that, that mandates the venue of all federal criminal cases, every single one, pull mm -hmm. jury, the jury pool uh, within 20 uh, miles of a person's home in wherever they live. So the jury pool has to come from a 20 mile radius from wherever they live, because in the constitution, it says we can have a jury of our peers, not a jury of our enemies. Right. And, and right now we're, we're, we're facing a jury of our enemies and the, and the other side is facing a jury of their supporters. It's not fair. So all federal cases have to, the jury pool has to be pulled from 20 mile radius of their home. And the case has to be heard in their home state. That would be amazing. And, and, and yeah, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're pushing a boulder up the hill, <clears throat> excuse me, when these, these scenarios happen. It's just not a fair fight on so many fronts. Uh, real quick, since you're bringing that up, I'm just going to ask now uh, so I don't forget. I can guarantee you people are, are, are into that idea, would support that idea. How, how can people go and help out the Constitutional Rights Pack and what you guys are trying to do with that initiative? Yeah, I, I got a I got a poor connection, so I missed what you said. I think you said how how could they help if they go to the constitutionalrightspack.com, you know that that's that's the uh, that's where you go and you know just click the donate button and you know we, we one of the things that we do is we put every single dollar to work. We don't always play in, in electoral politics. You know I, I think PACs are political action committees and not electoral action committees. So we try to pick the the fights that matter. And, and sometimes the fights are in, in elections and sometimes the fights are in pushing legislation or stopping, uh, you know, what's going on with corporate America and their sellout to the Democrats. Yeah, I love it. Well, I love this initiative because <clears throat> we talked about not playing nice anymore. You know, the, the goal is still to play within the rules when you can and to try and force the rules to change. So the Democrats have to play right. within the rules. But if that doesn't work, if and when that doesn't work, and maybe it does in some areas and it doesn't in other areas, we have to just not be these pushovers that we've been like, oh, golly gee, I hope this works out better. Like, that doesn't work. You've got to be proactive. You've got to do things like you're doing. And, and you've got to be willing to play a little bit dirty. And that looks different for everyone. Again, I'm not encouraging people to break laws. But you've got to be tougher. We've got to be tougher. Uh, and I love that you are, by the way. All right, I'm going to take a weird pivot here. Sure. You've got to buy... Beto O'Rourke, one Christmas gift, what would it be? <laughs> it doesn't have to be kind. It can be whatever. Uh, a Bible. How's that? Okay, I like that. I like that. He, he definitely could stand to use that. Hopefully he doesn't <laughs> stand on top of it. He loves to stand on top of things. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so uh, getting to – just real quick, going back to where we started – you have these these events, and anyway, we, we're talking about playing dirty, and we're talking. We started with the Second Amendment, and you know, are they making progress and chipping away at it, or are they not? When these nasty events happen, and it could be a shooting, it could be something else, it could be someone driving through a Christmas parade, which obviously, you know, tragically happened in Waukesha, you know, and and that Daryl Brooks trial was fascinatingly entertaining, by the way. But that's a separate point. Don't you think that Democrats, I mean, they say that this is awful and trash, but don't you think that deep down they're like celebrating and cheersing after these events because it gives them something that adds to yep. their narrative? That's all they care about. That's all they care about is a narrative. Look, again, 
we we're playing we're playing by the rules of the road and and they're they're just basic they have no morals they have no shame a lot of times republicans make the make the mistake of trying to shame them into their hypocrisy they just look they're being hypocrites they said something yesterday and now they say something. they don't have shame they don't care about hypocrisy they yeah. never do um, and and every day we could we could exhaust ourselves saying hey look you're a hypocrite they don't care yeah. All they care about is one thing: is getting to the point where there's a there's a communist takeover of the of the United States of America, and anything that helps that happen, that's 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 okay. That's in bounds for them. Yeah. Well, that that's the point. I mean, we're at that point where everyone continues to, and you need to do it so some people are aware. But they keep pointing out the obvious: they're bad people, they're breaking the laws, they're doing this, and it's like, well, well, no crap, buddy. Like. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to change your approach to life and how you handle these situations, how you handle conversations with these people? How are we collectively as a party going to do it? Stating the obvious is, is, is no longer getting us anywhere. We need to do something about it. We have to play the game differently. I couldn't agree more. Um, the, one, the, the one thing that we can do, and I, and I hope your audience really takes this to heart because it's something so important. It's been on my mind for a long time. We live, we've been put in a bubble. We don't live in a bubble. We've been put in a bubble. So conservatives, you know, when, when I when I did Gun Appreciation Day, I went on CNN, MSNBC, et cetera, so on. When Donald Trump was running for office, they talked about Donald Trump all the time. But after Trump won the presidency, they, the, these media companies recognize something. They recognize that if we give conservatives uh, an opportunity to speak, they're going to persuade people. So you don't see conservatives on these uh, on these uh, programs anymore. They used to try and ridicule us, but we would win people over, and they recognize that. So they now they just shut us out, and that's the whole thing with Silicon Valley. It's the whole thing with the cancel culture. They're just trying to shut us out and force us into a bubble. But and and we are in a bubble. It's going to be really hard to to break it, and the only way to break it is if individually we go out and start talking about politics, start talking about the state of our country, get into debates with your family, get into debates with your friends and your coworkers. I know I talk to a lot of people on the, on the ground and they're terrified to talk about who they are. They don't wanna come out and, and be out of the closet and be a conservative and get beat over the head. You have to, Yeah. you have to. There are so many people to, to this day that do not know Hunter Biden, any the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. It's inexcusable. This was a major story. We have a president who is who is uh, you know compromised by the Chinese government, compromised by uh, foreign for other foreign governments, and and this is a major story that nobody knows about because we've been put in a bubble, and it, it, we have to recognize that, and we have to do our part to break the bubble, which means get into those uncomfortable conversations, particularly over the holiday. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and, and we are in a bubble. And you're right. You don't see those voices on there anymore. We're in a situation now where we are collectively concerned that we might not ever win a major election again as, as a conservative movement. And it's a real and legitimate fear that hopefully we can overcome and get past. But, but the flip side of that is, if we had, and we talk about this on the show a lot, if we had an honest media, even parts of them, frankly, the Democrats would never win an election because they've got no message. I mean, their message is hate and, and spewing lies about us and covering stuff up. So it's, I mean, they, they've got no message. The only thing they can do is make sure that we aren't given a platform to communicate because people would get on board with what we're trying to say. 
Um, Absolutely. That's why that's why the Twitter thing is so important. You know, Elon Musk kind of breaking the bubble on Twitter. But here's what I fear. It's only Twitter. So they're going to go. They've already they've already said we're moving out to that other uh, Mastodon or whatever they call it. Um, you know, that, that left wing Twitter and it's, it's a disaster from what I hear, but they, you know, they're already moving over there. They're pushing themselves in a bubble, which is good. But at the same time, you know, it, it's, um, if they're successful of turning off or turning off the spigot, the the, the revenue on, on Twitter and Elon Musk has to, has to abandon it. We don't have, we don't have anything else that kind of cuts through and can reach the moderates and can reach maybe the politically unengaged or even reach the uh, the left wing to yeah. to persuade them. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and 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 we're we're we were getting there years ago. We're getting there even faster now, where we just have literally. I mean, it was it's been going that way, but again, now we've got the fact that we've just got these divided echo chambers, which just is a perfect picture of where we are as a country. Uh, there's no unity whatsoever. It's just division. It's just hate and and distrust, which is obviously not good and and not very Christmassy. Um, but it's important even at Christmas that we talk about it. Hopefully we can get some things going in the right direction in the new year. Uh, you know, we had a guest the other day talking about how, look, this didn't all happen over overnight. The Democrats getting to this point, it's not going to probably happen overnight for us to get things back on track if it's possible, uh, which is another, I think, slightly depressing, but also practical and realistic approach for people to take. Like, look, we're not going to get this fixed with one social media platform with one television channel with one election we've got to just keep battling uh which is not always easy to do yeah you're absolutely right i mean we do have to keep battling it you know it's it's a country it's your kids you know it's the country you're going to leave for your children and your grandchildren And, and so there is no excuse to slow down there is no excuse to stop and i know there's a tendency for us to kind of get you know depressed Quite frankly, yeah, you know, to, to, to get despondent, to kind of think you get you're in a position of despair. Well, what what I, I, why should I vote? It's not going to count anyway. They're going to count. They're going to count me as a Democrat, you know, or they're going to count dead people or they're going to count, you know, illegal immigrants or, or whatever the case is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's 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 frustrating, but stick to it. Like we're saying uh, last question for you, Larry. What's your favorite Christmas song? Ah. <sighs> Probably, uh, probably Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay, a classic. Can't go wrong with it. I love it. I love it. All right, we. There's an Italian one too, Dominic the Donkey. Dominic the Donkey. I don't know that I've heard that. I'm gonna have to check it out. It's a great song. We got we got to get you on that one, Drew. It's a great song. Okay, I'm anxious to get on it. I'm gonna get on it today. I I might get. I might buy myself a donkey, name it Dominic, (laughs) and just have that song playing all the time. Larry, uh, we talked about it earlier. But best way to get involved with, with Constitutional um, Rights Pack? ConstitutionalRightsPack.com. Just go and, and join our list. If, if, you, if you like the work that we're doing, please support it. Uh, we, do, we really do kind of live on small-dollar contributions, and I know everybody's hurting. Uh, but you'll, you, you, when you give to Constitutional Rights Pack, know that it's going to actual work. I love it. Well, and thanks for doing that work. Thanks for being here today. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas, a happy new year. And we'll look forward to having you back on the show in the new year. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. To the rest of you folks, thanks for joining us for another interview in this 12 interviews of Christmas season that we're in. We hope you enjoyed this one. In fact, we know you did. And we look forward to bringing you some more. In the meantime, we hope you have a great rest of the day. We will see you soon. Be safe. Be smart. Be free. 
Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers.